Hello, Sweat. I'm Jack Brady, and this is the Sweatcast, the weekly podcast that provides industry knowledge about the latest trends in the world of sport and fitness. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Sweatcast. I'm your host, Jack Brady. With me, the co-founder of Go Sweat, Alex Hind, and our special guest today is personal trainer and founder of LiveFit, James Hardy. So, James, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jack. How you doing? Good, good. So to start off, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, sort of who you are and, and how you've come down this fitness path. And then after that, tell us a little bit about what LiveFit is and what you guys do. Sure, sure. So I've always really been into the fitness game and I started straight after uni. Um, so I studied and followed the, uh, the one thing that I was uh, really focused on. At school was fitness and rugby and all of that, so followed through into that naturally and did uh, psychology and sports science at uni. So I thought to myself, I'll try something a little more complicated. That tends mm-hmm. to be the way I do my life, try and make it harder on myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I started off doing, I was teaching Taibo back in uh, 2002. It's like Taekwondo aerobics. And you can get like gradings and yeah. stuff like that, um, which was really uh, fun. Um, <laughs> my first class ever was uh, covering for this woman who was like the national instructor in this huge hall in uni. First class ever was sixty people. That's big. Yeah, yeah, serious. And uh, <laughs> like they're like got this woman who's like this crazy fitness presenter. But I was like, yeah, right in the deep end. But anyway, so uh, that class went down to about twenty next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah maybe thirty. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, did that and PT'd um, and also ended up doing some other stuff for a few years. I was still living in Birmingham, came down to London, full-time PTing since 2007 and uh, started up LiveFit in 2010. I was uh, previously the cunningly named James Hardy Personal Training and then uh, changed it to LiveFit. And um, yeah, we were working as a group of trainers in Fulham and then spread out wider across London, ended up becoming a bit of an agency, um, giving out work to other trainers and doing a few group classes in different places and uh, I had a business partner at the time and he was running that agency side and uh, he left and I took over and uh, didn't really enjoy the way that it all works because it was kind of that traditional PT agency uh, model where um, we took the money off the clients and it ended up being about a 50-50 split with the trainers so no trainers ever going to be happy with that yeah. but no one ever realizes within that 50% you've got 20% VAT yeah. so we only yeah. got 30% and then you've got the ad spend on Google pay per click at the time and then we also we were probably better than other agencies we had a uh, uh, customer service agent who we actually paid money to sit in and chat to the clients make yeah. sure they had stuff most people didn't do that they just passed over to the trainer so actually we ended up with about 7% but everyone thought we were being really greedy with yeah. our 50% there was nothing like that but hey so it didn't work everyone was pissed off all the time yeah. and I actually basically abandoned that pretty profitable business and gradually sort of let that die off to try and find a way of doing it that actually worked better for everyone the client yeah. the trainer and in the end for us too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so over a couple of years and um, a couple of versions, we got to live fit where we are now, um, where we act like a, a sort of a marketing agent, I'd like to call it, rather than an agency. And we um, find clients for trainers and we give them over to them for 15%, including that. And the trainer gets 85% 
of what the customer spends. The customer only ever pays what the trainer normally charges. So the customer's not getting messed over because you know often agencies would try and upsell a little higher price just to justify their percentage. We don't do that, the client gets what they should get and everyone's happy. Uh, and um, I tell you, it's much nicer business yeah. to work in. So um, it sounds like you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, 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 the trainers actually like me. Yeah. You know, everyone's happy. The clients get a trainer that's not pissed off. Yeah. And the thing just goes round and round. You know, we used to have all sorts of issues with retention because no one was really happy. That weirdly, the clients would go walkies and the trainers wouldn't know anything about it. Um, you know, don't blame them to be honest. But um, you know, the clients were obviously going straight to the trainer. Now there's no. There's no motivation to do that because we're giving everyone a great deal. So, yeah, it's cool. It's fun. So how many trainers do you have now? Um, there's only about 12 working through us at the moment. We're not huge. We're about to make a big change. So that might change in the next few months. Um, so we're going to start launching a few more campaigns. We're working on the mainly fit stuff, but also we're doing individual campaigns for trainers. So we now offer trainers the option to have a campaign just on them for three months mm. where we focus on them, we sell ads that have them in it and we try to win them something like three clients a month for three months so that they can change the course of their business. So a lot more personalized and, and yeah, direct. Okay, yeah, and, cool. but the, all the leads go straight to them, right? So you know they know that they're gonna get a big chunk of business out of that. Um, so that's hopefully gonna change the game a little bit and um, I'm sure we'll uncover a couple of other things in the podcast that we're about to kick off with that have been in the works for ages, yeah. um, bubbling away under the surface that hopefully that's gonna increase the reach of the business and you never know, maybe the clients too. Um. <laughs> so you mentioned that in uni you were a psychology and, and sports science mm -hmm. major, right? So. Talk to me a little bit exactly about what fitness psychology is. I know that we were talking about it before we started, and a lot of it's to deal with habit change, but I'm interested to see how that kind of plays into um, you know, a client or someone who's looking to work out and, and changing what they do day to day to sure. a more healthy life. Sure. Um, you know, um, as far as the uni stuff goes, I mean, we're talking way back in the dark ages now, yeah. I left uni in 2002, so um, you know, lots changed since then, but um, it gave me a good grounding in the basic sort of psychology of it. And um, you know, if I'm honest, it, like, it was kind of just a bit of a, a side hobby, really, um, while I was training clients all the time, because I had that psychology kind of education. I was aware of the social psychology in between me and my clients, and a few of the psychology theories that were sort of relevant, um, like self-determination theory and group normal theory and stuff like that. Um, but I was really just messing around. I used to have like a, a cork board with those little revision cards, one, yeah. for, one for each client, and I'd like try to make a little psychological assessment of each one, like how I should talk to them, what they respond to, what their social circles like. Yeah. Did it mean, work? Uh, Did it work? Um, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I definitely had a good understanding of my clients. I don't know if it made a huge difference to them or not, I don't know what to measure it against in that yeah. case. But um, but you know, certainly, you know, they appreciate that level of care of you know, they don't know they don't know they've got a weird psycho yeah. psychoanalyst uh, card in my bedroom somewhere but um, you know I think they liked it and uh, they certainly stayed for a long time and I tend to get good relationships with my clients. So yeah, maybe um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I did that, and um, you know, I've always been reading about it and thinking about it. Um, I read a lot of stuff about um, 
habit and um, positive psychology. I know that it seems like it's not a real term, but that is a sort of a style of psychology, which is sort of more recent in the last decade, um, being recognised as an actual kind of area of psychology because they were trying to combat the fact that psychology generally looked at problems, yeah. not at the good stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, it did, within the, within the cracks it did, but it wasn't a recognised area. Um, so yeah, it's the psychology of doing the right thing, not, you know, I've got schizophrenia or something else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so reading about that informed actually a lot of the decisions that we made with LiveFit in terms of the, the technology we were trying to make and the, the other uh, research stuff we're trying to get into. Um, but yeah, so I always always did that. Oh yeah, and it got me uh, got me a column in Women's Health for a bit as the uh, agony uncle. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was the uh, sex, love, and relationships columnist. What was the most interesting request or question or advice you? Um, I, you know, someone asked me this the other day, and I don't remember the exact answer again. But so, there was a question about how do I get my boyfriend to get into period sex. and uh, I can't remember what else but something like um, check he's not an axe murderer and get a red towel Uh, (laughs) that was my answer but like there there was there was um, you know less disgusting things than that Um, you know there's chat about my 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 husband tells me that he fancies someone in his office should I be worried yeah Probably yes. <laughs> I tried to send in a one-word answer. Yes, but they made me write a bit more. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was fun, but it didn't last, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that was the sort of fun bit, and then um, we we're now getting a bit more serious in the psychology. We're still using all this this um, pseudo stuff that I did at the start. We're now getting involved in proper research um, with University of Birmingham. Uh, who I originally studied with and um, with uh, UCL and um, they've got this really cool thing called the Human Behaviour Change Project which is like a conglomerate of researchers into I wouldn't say fitness psychology but into health behaviour change and habit change um, so we're um, to say we're partnered with them would be massively overstating our case but we are helping them with their um, conference that they're running in February, um, 21st, 22nd of February, the um, Digital Behaviour Change Conference. So we're helping them to um, bring industry as a general term, not just fitness, but all industry together with the researchers. Mm-hmm. So we've got some experience as a small company. We've got involved with the University of Birmingham. We've got involved with the NHS doing research. So they wanted a smaller company and then we've got much bigger companies, Headspace and um, large insurance company called Cigna um, three of us are helping the conference to do this awesome. kind of speed dating networking yeah. thing between academia and industry um, so I'm hoping that that's going to be um, productive for us and we're also hoping to get our study of our, of our next bit of fitness psychology into their um, master's courses oh, wow. um, which would be really awesome so yeah. is that study directly of the psychology within fitness or what you're doing in relation to it um, more than more the latter, um, you know, we'll happily get involved in anything else that they've got. But what we're looking at specifically is the effect of a small group of people on your social um, norms, which then affects your health behaviours. So, how do we get the five people you spend the most time with 
to be a positive influence. Yeah. Right? Because that's huge. You know, there's always that phrase, you are the five people you spend yeah. the most time with, right? Yeah, like a combination and, of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's normally used with the uh, mindset of get some winner friends, dump the losers, yeah, right? Yeah, and that's not really our vibe. But, um, you know, our, our sort of take on that is you are the fitness of the five people you spend the most time yeah. with. Bring the average up. Don't dump your friends. <laughs> <laughs> try and make them fitter. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. yeah, so make yeah. it social. Try and be a positive influence, right? And that, that's kind of the psychology that we're aiming for social norm psychology, yeah. basically, small group psychology. And um, yes, that is the future of Live Fit. You know, we're trying to do that with our boot campers. So we do a load of like um, experiences and um, sit down talks about their specific fitness and we try and get them working together so each boot camp has um, a monthly kind of talk fit event where we um, we do uh, coaching sessions with them and um, give them plans to change their nutrition change their habits that month because yeah. that's one of the easy levers to change people's yeah. habits right is to put them in a small group so there's a bit of positive peer pressure and there's an accountability mechanism sure. every time they go to train they're training with the people who they sat down next to and wrote out I'm not going to eat chocolate every day next to do they physically write it yeah okay yeah. Right. So there's, there's a lot thing. of psychology yeah. behind something like that yeah, yeah, as well. yeah. There's, there's more kind of stickiness to yeah. something you write down than something you type out or think yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you can't feel guilty to an app Right, yeah. you can only feel guilty to a person. That's true. Right? So um, yeah, I think. I don't think you can tap that psychology into convincing kids and parents to be active together. Mm, big time. So um, I think that um, these small groups are really a productive way forwards, um, and that small group could be your wife, your husband, and the kids, right? Maybe your uncle Joe, right? Yeah. And. If you put within that group the right measures, the right accountability, like who's doing what fitness-wise, and you make them discuss it, right? And that term that everyone sort of overuses, gamify, right? Yeah. I think that's, for us, that's probably the third point. But, you know, the second point, you make them discuss it. You make them open up and talk to each other about it. Because if you realize that you are affecting your kid's health, you're going to yeah. do more about it, right? You care about your kids might not come across that way when you're feeding them waffles and beans, right? But if you start to think about it more in those terms, you're going to start acting better. So I, I, really, I really do feel like there's a kernel of truth in that small group psychology that if we can tweak it right, and any trainer could tweak it right with their clients, they could get a lot more out of them. Yeah. You, know? you start to get into altruism, and it's a lot easier to make someone give a shit about the people they care about yeah. than it is about themselves sometimes. Yeah. You know, and um, that can be a powerful driver. So that's 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 what we're trying to aim at. Um, I imagine that talking about it at first is probably difficult for most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we're gonna do some psychology on you. It's almost like yeah. they don't want to. Mm. Uh, I would have a hard time admitting that my actions directly impacted someone else's mm. fitness, health, or physical health, or, or mental health, even. Yeah. Um, but when you put it in that frame, you're like, yeah, I guess you know, me telling you to go out to dinner and we had four slices of pizza, like it probably, yeah, I probably put, played a role. Played just lowered the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's interesting because when you just sit with it, yeah. it's true, right? You know it's true. You don't yeah. need to explain that to someone. It's true. So, um, yeah, I think that could be powerful. You know, I think simply understanding that makes a trainer stronger. Yeah, definitely.
So I know you mentioned uh, headspace actually earlier, and does meditation play a role, or any sort of sort of I guess gratefulness or time to yourself in uh, in the psychology aspect or any aspect? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I th- I think that is one of the tools that we should use. Um, I do it. Um, I try and meditate. I only do quick ones. I'm really like running out of time at the moment. Yeah. It's a bit bit of a, uh, a the wrong way around. You know, I haven't got time to meditate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In itself, a bit telling. But um, but yeah, I do like five minutes, um, simple ones, and I try and do them on on the run. I actually meditate on the tube. Um, it's got to be hard. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, you know, that's the, well, mindfulness over meditation is you're supposed to be aware of your surroundings yeah. and the rest of it. So when they teach you mindfulness, they teach to, like, listen to things and focus on them and understand your surroundings. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, I totally think that people should do it. But I guess what you're slightly alluding to is that a lot of people don't want to hear that. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to engage with that and they find uh, meditation a bit woo-woo. Mm-hmm. Um, and mindfulness is probably just a slightly more acceptable word sure, for it, yeah. but it's still a little woo-woo for some people. But um, they shouldn't because they're missing out. Yeah, you know, It's really powerful and um, every single person I talk to that actually gets into mindfulness or meditation, however you want to call it, is really, really grateful they did because yeah. it makes a huge difference. Um, so yeah, we um, we do try to open that door to people. Um, I try not to push it on them at the start. It's definitely not for everyone, but yeah. But you know, what I, I we try, try to even look at the language that we use because um, we do want to do fitness psychology coaching. That is going to be a big part of Live Fit, but we maybe change the language a bit so that it's a bit more acceptable. So we're we're opening up fitness challenges mm-hmm. to people. Um, rather than fitness psychology coaching, you know, we're going to set you some fitness challenges, which might include having a think about your fitness life, and yeah. it might include closing your eyes for two minutes before you eat. Yeah. Uh, but it also could include doing more press ups. Yeah. You know, so, so that you can actually cut through and get people's buy in before you start <coughs> giving them uh, some kind of chanting mantras <laughs> to do. <laughs> so, in terms of let's say long-term habit change because I'm kind of just thinking about it as myself. I'll get into a workout routine or some sort of routine. I'll be on it for anywhere from six to 12 weeks. Then I'll kind of just go back to, you know, whatever else I was doing before that. And then, you know, and then I'll just start another eight to 12 week cycle and just kind of goes on and on. So how do we make whatever positive changes that we're making stick, you know, for years instead of months or weeks or days even hours <laughs> <laughs> I mean you don't look like the sort of guy that's fallen too far off the wagon Jack. <laughs> but, but um, yeah there are you know there are, is that problem even for people that do train right yeah. they have booms and busts um, you know I think A it comes back to the five people right they're yeah. building relationships around that building um, a a positive slash competitive relationship with someone, having a training buddy or training buddies, having people around you that are linked into your long-term goals, like that's probably number one. Now you see people that live in these kind of like fitness freak groups of people that are like yeah. all that mad into their training, they do it more, right? Yeah. If, you know, um, if you can get that positive influence, then cool. Um, but aside from that, you know, I think that sometimes the answer is right in front of your face. It's 
some of the obvious things about having a competitive goal, having a race or a game. You know, I know you're all ready for the Jets tonight. Yeah. I don't know if you actually play, but <laughs> you know, if you were if you were playing American football, then that would be much easier to stick to because you've got a natural rhythm, a natural season of the year. Um, and one thing I, I've done loads of actually, I bought. I bought uh, Ryman's out of these calendars at the start of the year. I've got people these big A2 calendars um, that are like card. So they actually stand up on their own. And you can fold them away because you, know, you don't really yeah. want like, a big Ryman's calendar on your wall. But you can fold them away and, and put them back out. And I'd sit there and I give them extra time for my PT clients. I don't, I don't mind always having a sort of sit and a chat with them and literally get the pen out and write the goals in for the year, write the days in that you're going to do your measurements, write the days in that you're going to run a race or you're going on holiday and visually put it out there the whole year right in front of your face. Um, makes a hell of a difference. Like I know it's really benign, but it's like simple. Yeah. It's there. If you can see it, you're much more likely to sink in. And if you, even if you tuck that ugly calendar away, it's little heads going to be poking out. And every now and then, even if you just see the little corner of it, yeah. you're going to be like, that's my year. But you will get it out and have a look. And I try and make them do simple stuff like that. Get it out and look at it because it doesn't make a difference. It sinks in. You've got to treat yourself like a kid in a way. You know, if, you're, if you want your kid to do a certain behavior, you're going to give them a prod. You're going to make them repeat things. Imagine, yeah. You're going to make them practice. You've got to treat your, your, your inner child like you're coaching it a little yeah. bit. Um, have you heard of the chimp paradox? No. What is it? It's like a it's a psychology system that's kind of really really popular. Um, I totally recommend uh, listening to it or reading it for anyone hearing this. Um, it's um, a model of how your brain works basically, and it simplifies it down from the real science to you've got a human which is your rational thinking self that makes plans that writes out big ugly calendars yeah. and then you've got a chimp who's your subconscious self who doesn't do calendars <laughs> does short term reward feeding sex and anger right and <laughs> your chimp's much stronger than your human but your human can train your chimp and then the third part is it's a, it's a computer and the human and the chimp can both set programs in your computer and that's the stuff that just happens automatically um, and you know that's when your bad habits kick in that's when your reflex responses you know whether that's eating bad food when you're stressed or screaming and swearing in traffic when someone cuts yeah. you up you know those are the things that happen and that's faster than either your chimp yeah. or your human right and so either one you can get good programs or bad programs <laughs> in there but they're going to happen so um yeah, but that's all based in like genuine psychology. The guy that wrote it, Dr. Steve Peters, is a proper psychiatrist and does a lot of performance psychiatry um, for real top people. But it's super popular. So, um, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's really that's, cool. That's funny because as I was walking here, I was stuck behind, you know, it was what I would, I said this in my head. It was like the great wall of slow walkers. And I was just like, it like internally, I was just like, my internal monologue was just like, what are these people doing? Like, they're walking so uh, slow. And I couldn't get around them because they were taking up the entire sidewalk, and I was just like, I'm gonna be late to the park. It's like my biggest pet hate. Yeah. Biggest pet hate. Someone sent me a message, we were going for dinner, and said, Have you got any weird food intolerances? And said, the, the only intolerances I've got are for slow walking people, but I don't mind eating them. Yeah. <laughs> 
um, yeah, no, it's no, no good. So you got to got to zen out in those periods and try not to punch people in the back of the head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, we've talked a lot about positive psychology and what we can do to surround ourselves with positive influences that help us along the way. So let's talk about some negative influences now and what should we remove or what should we be out on the lookout for um, when we, because so, sometimes a negative influence might not even be obvious, you know? So what should we be on the lookout for when we are going through our fitness journey um, for things that maybe will have a negative impact on us? So we'll have the answer to that and much more right after this quick message from our sponsor. Steph here, co-founder of Gay Sweat and sponsor of the Sweatcast. Gay Sweat wants to make discovering sports simple, so we've created a sports marketplace that allows users to easily discover and book sports and fitness near them. No more scrolling through Google trying to find your local facilities, Gay Sweat lets you search for exactly what you want, where and when you want it. From silent disco boot camps to candlelit yoga and even Quidditch, we've got it all. For 20% off all Ghost Sweat activities, enter the discount code SWEATCAST at checkout. Happy sweating! Okay, welcome back everybody. Uh, right before we left for the break, we asked James about some negative influences um, and how to avoid them. So, I mean, we've talked about the people around you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you should probably sink into those feelings and think about that a bit because uh, it's a huge, huge influence. Um, but I don't want to start setting people against their friends right now. Yeah. Um, so there's two things that are a bit safer ground. One is food marketing yeah. and where it is all around you. And two is yourself. Um, so food marketing is one of my massive pet hates and everyone around me tells me that I shouldn't be uh, anti-stuff. It's not good to be on people's cases, um, but um, it drives me mad. You know, uh, it's um, it's all around you. You can't help it. I think there's some stat like you see six thousand adverts a day or something. Oh wow! And um, yeah, the the food marketing and even um, the protein shake industry and the the fitness slash porn industry. Um, you know, is driving you to to real short-term decisions, but um, you know, you look at Skittles um, and M&Ms, right? M&Ms World. You always see these tourists coming out with their kids with bags of M&Ms World. So I work out for Jimmy Piccadilly, and uh, all the time, it's like these they're kids. The big bags, of yeah, yeah, they're not big the small bags. ones. Big bags and toys, right? <laughs> yeah. They've got, you know, there's this trend for all. Yeah, all companies want to have a, a mascot. And everyone's trying to madly think of whether they can have a rat or a meerkat or a dog or you know some cute animal that they can make their company seem nicer with and and m&ms are getting these toys into kids heads you know it's not new you know it's, it's the happy meal and uh, and all of that stuff but you know even as an adult that sticks with you you know the galaxy advert the walk past with a woman seductively eating their ice cream and you know all of that it's uh yeah. it's chocolates by the checkouts that's crazy i didn't even realize you know until you just said happy meal like 
whoever thought of that at McDonald's was, is a genius. Because oh, yeah. as a kid, you're like, I want a Happy Meal like, as if it's going to make me happy when I get McDonald's. Yeah, it's evil marketing yeah. genius. <laughs> Darth Maul of uh, burgers. Yeah, um, you know, that, and that stuff sticks with you and um, you should think about that. And, like, you know, I, I will go for a pot of haagen on my own in about 15 minutes, you yeah. know. So I'm no one to talk about it. But, you know, that little moment where you want that food that's what I try to tell my clients to, to get into and obviously they have to get a little bit woo woo if they're going to go there but you know it's that little second where you want that thing that's the second that you should just pause and just consider that thought why do you want that thing do you want that thing what's the trigger that set you up to have that thing are you just pissed off about that email you've just had have you just had a really stressful journey coming through central London you know that's, that's an emotional response that you can suck the power out of by just stopping 10 seconds and just considering it. How did that start? Do I really want it? Yeah. What's the goal of that thought? Because all that is is really a stress reliever. It's a little ding on your pleasure sensors to, to balance out the stress of what you've just experienced. And it's also a habit. It's a trigger, right? You know, there's this... Um, habit triggers thing that you know you should think about you know whether that's walking in through the door or walking past a certain shop where you normally stop to get a drink on the way to work like as, as stupid as it sounds you can get hooked on that kind of thing and I, I've got a client who it's taken out years to stop having ginger beers in, oh. in her break time she's a really high-powered exec but she goes to this little like convenience store yeah. right opposite her uh, work she doesn't smoke she, she can't get out of these intense meetings and go and have a fag. So she goes out and her reason is to go and get a ginger beer. And she just goes and has a little walk around yeah. the block and comes back in again. But then she's like hooked on the sugar. Yeah, but say, those things have like 60 grams of sugar yeah, in them, Yeah, it's right? disgusting. And like, <laughs> we got her down to diet ginger beer and then we got her onto some other stuff. And yeah. then we came back again. But, you know, those, those like little things, I walk out to get away from work. You know, that... Then it's almost like a reward. Yeah, work. it's a reward. Yeah, and that lip, that one bit of sugar is bad enough. But then the fact is that that little bit of sugar then hooks you kind of physically, emotionally on sugar as well. And then yeah. that happens through the rest of your day, and then you're screwed. So, you know, those little <laughs> moments matter. Yeah. And um, you know, I, if I could get all of my clients who have problems to genuinely just pause ten seconds, shut your eyes, and consider it every time you get an urge, then. Would win. I feel like you're talking to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> next time, next time, yeah. next time you have an issue, just call me. <laughs> it's like the dominoes is right there. Um, I actually read something recently, and, and as we were going through our conversation, I, the first thing that came to my mind when you said uh, food marketing was the tasty videos on Facebook where they show you how to make them, oh, yeah, yeah. and they're like, you know, sometimes they're healthy and they're fine, but a lot of times. You know, it's a baby back ribs and mac and cheese and all of this other stuff that they make look amazing with their uh, uh, videography. And something I read about, and, and maybe you could comment on this, and, and it was more targeted towards lessening phone addiction, but it would definitely play a role in lessening like the influence of food marketing was actually turning your phone into grayscale, where everything is basically just gray and it removes oh, yeah. all the colors. Um, and what they found was that uh, people like they were almost like repulsed by their phone. They said like the colors really had an impact, and obviously that's very extreme. I don't think I would be able to do that more than a I'd week. Try it. 
Yeah, I'd try, would definitely try, try it. Yeah, I wonder if people would stick to it. But yeah, yeah, and, they, and, and uh, what they found was that people just weren't on their phones, um, you know, decreased dramatically because they, you know, think about Instagram with all the pictures. Now you take away the colors, <laughs> those pictures, it it takes away everything from what you're, you know, from the content you're looking at. So it's definitely. Uh, an extreme, but something to something to try and see if it works. Yeah, you give it a whirl. Um, you know, there's uh, there's definitely uh, research that says colors make a difference. Yeah. Um, like it's stupid, but blue plates make yeah. you less hungry, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, huh. blue plates. Um, <laughs> who'd have thunk it? Um, yeah, makes sense. I think you know the phone is is such a, uh, a double-edged sword. Yeah, there's obviously huge benefits to life everywhere from it and then huge downsides you know I, I think I spent most of last year like addicted to my phone I've only really just managed to get myself back into a healthy relationship yeah. with my phone in the last month after New Year's like I was really going down rabbit holes on YouTube and yeah you know, YouTube's and I, dangerous yeah and I, I, you know and like I do this for a living you know and it's like <laughs> I'm really wasting a lot of my life on on my phone and yeah. like lurking on Facebook and Instagram, not even doing. You think you're doing something for your business, but you're just like scrolling yeah. and liking pictures, doing nothing. Yeah, I mean, for most people, I imagine it's the first thing that they look at when they wake up, and the last thing that they do before they go yeah. to sleep. So, hundred yeah, percent. You know, I do think that there's um, there's a way of uh, of making it right. You know, the phone, if we can try and get the phone on side, and and being part of the better influences then you can start to fight back a little bit. And that's, I don't know, that's where we hope to, to head with our thing is to have some of the notifications that pop up out of your hundreds every day to be actual positive influences. You know, if we have these small groups of people and it's your friend Dave who's just completed his run or your girlfriend and she's just posted her healthy lunch, you know, maybe that can be a little little step in the right direction against all the, all the nonsense but um, you know there's some cool stuff out there I've got this app called Pause um, which is just turn your phone off or? no it's um, <laughs> no it's totally brand new oh, okay. um, it's uh, it's like this really trippy kind of um, blob on your phone and you have to follow it around with your finger on the phone oh. to catch enough other little blobs <laughs> until you get to the whole screen filled up with your blob, but it's hypnotic. Yeah. And you just follow it around, follow it around, and by the time you get to the full blob, you've forgotten all the nonsense that was going around your head, and then it's like, okay, now close your eyes. Yeah. And you just take a minute and close That's your pretty eyes. Cool. It's very cool. Yeah. So if you have a manic head, which you know happens about yeah, five times an hour, <laughs> you know, you can do that and just reset. And it's really cool, really cool app, and it's well researched, and uh, yeah, highly recommend that as well. Let's try it. Yeah, yeah, I actually probably will download that. Yeah, yeah, do <laughs> that. that. You know, I find myself at early hours of the morning just doing something that's really not worth it instead <laughs> when I should be sleeping. So now we're going to hop into a different portion of the podcast where we're going to bounce some rapid-fire questions off of you and just say uh, whatever you do, the first thing that comes to your mind. So All right. um, do you have a morning or nightly routine that you sort of do and if so, what is it? Yes, both. Um, morning routine, uh, I'm up, depends, could be 5.30, could be 6. And I get up and put some music on and 
immediately do like a whole full body stretch. Okay. Um, what does that include then? Like how long? It's normally probably five minutes and uh, depends how I'm really feeling that might turn into a full body dance. Um, <laughs> Like a, actually, I'm not even joking. Like, yeah. I do have like a dance off on my own in the morning. Like, it's really good for my energy. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> my girlfriend's like a dancer, so um, you know, if she's awake. She's like, finally, he's dancing. Yeah, normally just working on <laughs> my phone. But um, yeah, no, I literally do like a uh, like a mobility routine. Um, like neck, shoulders, whole back twisting. Like I do all these 3D stretches and stuff, um, which gets all a bit funky. It's almost a dance in itself. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that so we get a bit of physical and mental. Um, wake up. Um, I don't drink uh, caffeine straight away, so I always have uh, kind of herbal tea. And more recently, I've, I've been doing intermittent fasting, so I don't even eat. Um, but I try to have a herbal tea, and um, as long as I haven't got to run out the door for a client, uh, I do one of my five minute meditations there and then. And because I am as scatty as you like, I um, plan out my day at that time like I, I try to plan before as well I've got a big fat diary two diaries actually um, but I like to plan out my day hour by hour at that point in the day because it reminds me and refocuses and tells me what I've got to do because at the moment I'm, I'm running all around London and different appointments and meetings so yeah so planning out my day is my next step and then I crack on um, so yeah stretching with stretching with a potential dance off terrible <laughs> <laughs> tea meditation and diary and then crack on um yeah so it sort of goes goes from a bit woo woo to really focused yeah and probably takes about um, 20 minutes oh it's not bad it's pretty quick and then yeah. for the night what do you do and for the night um i have this thing that when i get home the first thing i do is i pack my bag for the next day um because i'm sure we've all been there and in this business getting up at the crack of the dawn suddenly you're having to pack a bag Scramble, yeah. at five in the morning I want my stuff laid out and I'd line to the front door so yeah. I don't have to worry about it um, so yeah so I pack my bag for the next day I make my I dry, dry my shakers and put my shakes in my bags ready to go, to go put fruit yeah. in my side pockets my diaries are out on the table my laptop's in my bag my clothes for gym and like yeah. that's all there so, so everything's kind of automatic yeah in the morning you don't have to get anything yeah exactly out. yeah and because i don't also really eat in the evening because by the time i get home it's nine o'clock i do all my eating outside yeah. um i don't have to eat or anything like that so um yeah i kind of pack my bags um and then just sit with my girlfriend for a bit because um, that's the only bit of time she gets with me in the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we do some stuff we've just got a new house so um normally that's filled with uh, telling me what's happening with the house and we go yes well done <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah that and um yeah go to bed what about a favorite post-workout meal um or shake even uh, I, I couldn't really call the shake a favorite it's just yeah. a shake i just down them um last rep first sip and then um i love um if i'm on the go um wasabi and they do uh, katsu curry and stuff like that and that's not okay. healthy but I love that um, <laughs> but I generally um, take out lunch boxes and we do um, PT classics chicken sweet chicken potatoes broccoli, yeah. and broccoli yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh yeah um, so yeah I mean, but you know when you've worked out hard that stuff just feels right yeah and I, I think I'd have to say that because you know I, I love 
like a big steak and all the rest of it. And I ate like a big foodie. Like when I was first starting out in PT, I used to work in a fine dining restaurant and stuff as well. So I, I love all that. But there's nothing like that feeling of really deserving the food and your body just going, ah, oh, green yeah. vegetables and protein, thank you. Yeah. It's, you know, that's, that's, that's probably my favorite. Yeah. So do you have a quote that you live by or think about often? Ooh. Um, now that you've asked me the question, no, but I do love a quote. Um, there's um, that one by Steve Jobs that always sticks with me, um, which I can't quite remember precisely, but something along the lines of um, making your own choices or you're living by someone else's dogma. Yeah. Um, and um, apologies, I can't get that out precisely, but I think it's really beautiful. <laughs> and that, that whole that whole speech is like a commencement speech at um, some oh, uh, yeah. university, and it's like one of YouTube's most famous uh, videos, motivational, if you haven't... Oh, if I haven't done it justice by any chance, <laughs> maybe look it up on YouTube. Um, but, uh, but it was really great. It said yeah, about the, finding the passion for the thing that you do yourself. You don't have to live by anyone else's rules. You make your rules yourself. So what's one purchase you've made in, let's say, the last year under 100 pounds that has had a positive impact on your life? I have bought an amazing travel pillow. Okay. <laughs> I feel like uh, an airplane or a train or something? Yeah. Like I, I've got a really dodgy neck, long story, but I've got a wonky spine because okay. of some injury I got when I was a kid. And um, I never have a plane journey that doesn't hurt. Yeah. And I always get there uh, and have two days of neck pain. And I've got this new travel pillow from China, found it on Instagram, and just was like, yeah. Um, I don't know how they knew that I had neck problems, but they found me, <laughs> they they found me on the target. Yeah, they know more about me than my mum. And um, it's basically like half a neck brace that sits on one side yeah. and then a really tight scarf with Velcro. And I've got, I've got like a cornucopia of um, travel pillows because yeah. I've been trying to solve this problem for ages. And that's and found Oh, it. it's amazing. Like you, did, you basically move your head about three millimeters to the yeah. right and because the neck brace is really strong it feels like you've got a pillow there you've hardly moved so your neck's still aligned and it's wrapped tightly around there ah, it's so cool. about i might have to buy something similar i have some neck and back problems as well so you can't recommend it highly <laughs> enough i don't i don't know you'll have to start How searching searching neck problems on instagram uh 22 pounds no, it's nothing. the best 22 pounds i've ever spent so you've last question you've talked a lot about some things that you've read um do you have any book recommendations for people out there that you think were really great um they don't necessarily need to be related to fitness psychology it could be about anything but any book that you really feel like sticks with you um i love shantaram as like a kind of traveling book it's amazing and really deep um but um on the fitness psychology tip there's a great book called um switch how to change when change is hard um, it's by Chip and Dan Heath and it's so well written and so fun to read but it's about kind of um, psychology and in larger groups than just a one-on-one and it, it's, it's really inspirational it's like you know doctors that have managed to save hundreds of lives just yeah. by changing the way that their organization deals with certain operations or um, how some I think it was an English guy moved to the Caribbean and saved this parrot 
by rebranding the parrot yeah. and uh, getting the local population to care about it more and uh, all like back and back and back and all these things and it's just so interesting and so that I always get people to read um, and then of course you've got the chimp paradox we talked yeah. about earlier um, so yeah okay awesome so uh, last thing where can everyone find you if they want to reach out to you um, we are livefit.co.uk for the main business um, for people that want boot camps and um, personal training um, for trainers um, we have a group on Facebook called make fitness work um, where we talk about all this stuff and we help build businesses um, we also do meetings and stuff like that so um, check us out there's loads to do there and for trainers that want to see our whole mission um, with the fitness psychology and the social good and the research um, we have a page on the site um, which is livefit.co.uk forward slash make a difference with dashes in between the words make dash a dash difference um, and we'd love to get more trainers involved we want to get people involved in the research after this conference that I mentioned on the 21st 22nd of July the digital behavior change conference we are going to start putting trainers together with researchers um, they're out there trying to make improvements in the psychology of how we make a change and it would be really awesome for trainers that care to come along and with their clients as long as their clients are willing to become participants in the studies and you know that's not a business thing for us we're just doing it to help people get together um, so if trainers want to do that then please come along um, and um, if you want some help with your business then there's plenty of things we do too. <laughs> okay. Nice presentation. <laughs> <laughs> Alright so special thanks. Yeah. <laughs> special thanks to James for coming on. Uh, we had a great time and we hope everybody enjoyed it. Thanks very much. Thanks guys. Nice one. That's it for the Sweatcast today. I'm Jack Brady. Hit that like or love button and remember to share this podcast. The Sweatcast is every Wednesday at 9am. You can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and CastBox. Remember to keep sweating and see you next week.